the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. Um, and we're going to be looking in the Bible at 2 Kings chapter 13 and 14. And we're going to be going through these segments and we're going to be literally filling this out. And if we, if we follow this and we do this and we do this not as a task but do this in faith, then I believe, like everyone always does a new year, if there's a jingle, there's a rhyme, I always joke about it. I joked about it at the end of last year, you know, 2008, it's going to be great. 2009, God is divine. Um, all those kind of things, 2007, open heaven, all those things, if it rhymes, that's what that year is. We're not going to do that, but we're going to do something unbelievably significant for each and every one of us. And how you do this could be down to like the next month in your life, the next year in your life, the next five years, 10 years, depending on how, how great and how accurate your vision is. So I'm just going to read a passage we read last year. We're going to revisit it today because today is a day about action, not just about the idea. Now, when Elisha had fallen sick with the illness of which he was to die, Joab king of Israel went down to him and wept before him crying my father my father the chariots of Israel and its horsemen basically whenever things kicked off he goes to Elisha and then Elisha takes care of them and they win their battle so their way of life hinged on winning battles if you didn't then people would be abused people would be downtrodden you would lose your food and you'd just be robbed and pillaged and all that comes with it so when the king hears that Elisha is dying, he knows that his victories hasn't been through the chariots and the horsemen he speaks of, but it's really been through Elisha. So he's going to him going, but what about the chariots? What about the battles? What about how are we going to protect the people? How are these things going to happen when you're gone? It's like in life, sometimes you're living and you're resting on a, on a crutch. You're resting on something that's solid, an assistant, someone who helps you, someone in your life, like your parents, all those kind of things. There comes a point when the parents are taken away. There comes a way when the crutches are taken away. We find out where the leg is mended. There comes a point when the support system isn't always there for us. And that's when we become afraid and we, we, we get found out. And so he's coming to the, the greatest support he's ever had and he's afraid. And then Elisha said to him, take a bow and arrows. So he took a bow and arrows. And he said to the king, draw the bow. And he drew it. Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands. I find that bit a bit like, I don't know, it's a bit like Top Gun or like whatever. Boom, do, 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 do. Or like one of those films where it slides up behind like the, normally the lady like these two guys I find it hilarious man it just always pictures in my head that way and he drew it and Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands he said open the window eastward they opened the window eastward facing out towards the problem facing out towards the challenge facing out to the place where all their situations and their struggles came from he opened it then Elisha said shoot and he shot and he said the Lord's arrow of victory the arrow of victory over Syria for you shall fight the Syrians until you've made an end of them. And he said, take the arrows. And he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground with them. And he struck three times and stopped. Then the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria down and you made an end of it. But now you'll only get three victories. I find that interesting. So when we talk about the numbers, in their context and in their culture, there are specific numbers within the Hebrew tradition that would mean certain things to different people. So the real key number here is six. He says five, but really the key one is six. So he taps it like three times. He says you should have done it five or six. So the reason for that is, you see, the, we talk about the number six being like 666 and like the Antichrist and Satan and stuff like that. But six is the number of man. 
Six is the number of man. So you see the Antichrist 666 is where you trust completely in your own strength, in your own capacity, and you're not relying on salvation, which is God's gracious gift. As soon as you come to God with your actions and your best and expect to get anything other than pure murkage in his presence, you've lost the plot. You're missing the point. That's why the Antichrist is 666. Because it's like you're stepping to God with something you can't step to God with. You have to step to God with what he's done for you, his goodness, his grace. And so what he's saying in this passage is, if you've done it five or six times, you would have been making a statement. You'd have been saying, I'm giving everything I've got humanly possible. Like maybe you didn't do everything, so it's five times, but you've really pushed, you've really gone for it. If you go six times, it's at the end of where man is. Then you come to seven, which is God's number, which is why we work in the Bible. It talks about working and creativity for six days, but the seventh day we rest and we trust that he will do the rest, that he will make the difference, that he will meet at the end of where we fall short. And so he takes issue. This problem wouldn't be a problem in your life anymore if you would just go for it six times. If you would give everything you have and then wait for God to meet you at the end of it. Because he ultimately says you'll get three victories. So today what we're gonna to be doing is we're gonna be going through this six arrow planner. We're gonna be, it's on the City Hill website. You can subscribe and, and download it if you want to, but you've got one here today. And so the key question comes in the first part of this planner. It's because what we could do is we could do the whole thing today for new year, new you. We could just go, oh, I'm just gonna pray, you know, Sharabosa, have a moment. She came on a Honda, the keys to my cell, let's have a shandy. We could do all these impartations and incantations and all sorts of burning incense and this sense and all sorts of nonsense. Or what we could do is we could take a moment and look at the window. First thing we have to do is we have to open the window. We have to open the window and see out the vision for where it is we're going. See out the vision for what it is that God has for us. So what When you look out the window, what is there ahead of you? What is it that God has given you? What are you believing for? Not necessarily this year, for the next five years, for your decade, for your life. Is there one thing that you're just sitting and you're believing? This is the one thing I really believe God wants to do this year in my life. Is this the one thing I really believe that God has for me right here, right now? Josiah fired his arrow out of the window towards his vision, his challenge, his problem. Do you have a problem? Do you have a challenge that's in your way that actually you need to fire an arrow over because you need to see victory in that area? Or... Is it a case of you've got vision for something you want to build, something that you believe God's called you to do, you're going to fire an arrow out of it? And then the next thing, once we've done that, is we move to the six things you'll need to do with all your might to achieve the vision or solve the problem. So like, if you've got a big, big vision, then there may be six things you need to repetitively do to achieve that vision. There may be things you have to do again and again and again, so you know what those six things are that you smash. Because you see in life, so often sometimes we burn ourselves out because we try and do everything to the same level. But there are moments where you just don't do things to the same level. Like if, if in football, if you press the whole time with the same energy and you sprint everywhere you go, you run out of all your energy early in the game and there'll be a key moment where you should have been there, but you're not there and now the other team's going to score a goal. So often in our work situations, in our families, in our relationships, I know so many times that I put the energy into the wrong area of my relationship. I put the energy into the wrong area of my parenting. I put my energy into the wrong area of what I, I should, instead of what I should be doing. Whereas actually if I could just mark out the six things I need to do to achieve that vision and make those things the things that I smash again and again and again and again and again and again, believing that God We'll do the rest. So we're going to take a couple of moments. If you want to grab a pen, there are pens behind you. If you want to go find a corner in here or you want to go sit out there and just have a moment and pray 
and ask God, because maybe, maybe for some of you it's easy. It's like, I know what the vision is. I know totally what I should be doing over the next five years or the next year or the next 10 years. I know what's in me. I know what I want more than anything else and that God's placed in my heart. Maybe for some of us it's like, actually, I'm not all that sure about what the vision should be for the next year. I'm not that sure what it should be. Maybe take a moment to ask. Maybe take a moment to reflect. The cool thing is, is if you download the, the PDF off the website, is you could do, I'm gonna do three different ones of these. I'm gonna do one of these for my workplace that I do weekly. I'm gonna do one of these for, for City Hill for the bigger vision over the next five to 15 years. And then I'm gonna do one of these for my, my home life because I know desperately there are, and Jody, doesn't, Jody lets me know very quickly, the areas where I need to be putting six arrows into my relationship with her and into the relationship with my kids and what I put into their lives. So like, I'm not saying take this one template and fix it for all your needs. I'm saying you may need to do a couple of these where you go, this year, man, I'm doing this in my family and in my relationships. This year, I'm doing this in my workplace. This year, I'm doing this in whatever project that you've got. So we're gonna take the, about the next five minutes just to do the first vision one. We're gonna come back and then we're gonna maybe look at the six arrows. And then today's a practical church day because actually, you know what? So often in church, it's all about believe this idea, believe this, believe this. But if the belief doesn't become actions, you don't really believe it, it's a lie. It's an illusion. So we're just gonna take a couple moments and then we're gonna be right back. So I don't know how far you guys have managed to get um, with that. But yeah, I think one of the hardest things is so often we enter in the new year and having a jingle, having a rhyme and all that kind of stuff is cool, but actually it doesn't paint too much of a picture of what we're expecting. It doesn't paint too much of a picture. And actually the thing that we need is clarity. The thing that we need is to be able to see and to have vision. One of the things the Bible speaks about is about having without vision, my people perish is that if you just have a void and you're expecting something, you don't know what that something is, and you have nothing to measure it by, nothing to look at, I think it's so important to start the new year, not with like a, a New Year's resolution, we ditch those in a couple of days, oh, just less chocolate or something like that. Don't get me wrong, it's cool, it's fun, but actually looking what you're expecting and what you're really believing God for, not just in the short haul as in like, oh God, I'm believing you for this tiny thing right in front of me right here. It looks like a big deal here and now, but actually for the bigger question of the vision for your life, the meaning, the purpose of what lies ahead, I think that's the important thing. You see, for, for the king in this story, his opportunity to see ahead, he felt like he was losing his eyes. He wasn't just losing his support mechanism, he was losing his eyes, his ability to see. And so the prophet of his last action is actually he teaches the king something very, very valuable. And I want us to ground ourselves with this at the beginning of this year. You see that, that bit I joke about, the whole Top Gun scene, bam, 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 hands slowly sliding down, touching his hand, and then stretching back at the bow, and like this kind of like quite intimate space invading scene. Is, He's not teaching the king how to fire an arrow. The king has known how to fire an arrow. The king is well versed in combat. He knows all this kind of stuff. What the prophet is trying to teach him how to do is how to do something here and now, here on earth, but not something that just invades the space of where he fires out that arrow, which I find kind of funny as well. It's almost Simpsons-esque that he fires an arrow out of a window and somewhere, somewhere in the town goes, ouch, as it hits him in the butt, or I don't know, someone's doing the laundry, hanging up a shirt, and this arrow goes straight through it. I mean, it's a weird thing to do. I mean, you know, to get a gun and fire it out the front door, you know what I mean, and not think about the consequences. But he fires this arrow. But actually, he's not teaching him how to fire an arrow 
at an enemy. He's not teaching him how to fire an arrow um, for target practice to make him a better marksman or any of those things. He's teaching him how to fire into, into like the spiritual realm. He's teaching him how to believe God something and show God with your own actions and with his own determination how serious he is in embodying what it is. You see, the prophet is so different from what we expect. When we look at prophets in the Old Testament, we think about them always prophesying the future and things like that. The thing about a prophet, the Jewish people, the way they see him, there's a great uh, thinker from the uh, 19th century, or the 20th century, sorry, um, Abraham Herschel. One of the things he says that about a prophet is they're so different. They're not about predicting the future like Christians tend to say, but actually they're so consumed by something. The way they talk about financial injustice and gaining more for yourself, they talk about it as if the very world will end if people consume more for themselves, that the whole fabric of society is on the line because someone is balling. And and you think about those kind of things, sometimes you read the prophets, and if you read them properly, you wanna be like, hey, steady on. They have this real passion, this real zeal. Nothing is done without enthusiasm. Nothing is done without being consumed by it. Nothing is done without feeling deeply moved and aggrieved, where you and I often, the injustices we see, we don't really care that much about it. We don't. Like we see something and we just scroll past it onto the next thing, this consummation. We feel things very, very differently. The prophet is teaching him how to not only see his biggest problem out the window, how to believe for something different. And he teaches him a lesson and a lesson that gets passed down that actually when God gives you the opportunity to encounter the divine, when God gives you the opportunity, never come bringing a one, a two or a three, never bring a four. You've got to bring a five or a six. Like... God is the one who's going to do it. God is the one who's going to make the difference. But what he asks you to do is to come in faith. What he asks you to do is believe. And believe is something that is never done independent of action. You cannot say you believe anything without backing up of action. It's a lie. You cannot believe in one touch football and hold the ball three, four touches. You're a liar. You can't say you believe one thing with finances but then do something very different. You're a liar. You can't believe that you're going to get the breakthrough you want to see when there's no job applications. It's a lie. You can't say you're going to achieve this vision this year if you don't have things you're going to do repeatedly again and again, week after week. It's a lie. You can't expect your business to start receiving sales when there's no strategy, there's no action, there's no thought process behind it, there's nothing you're actually gonna physically do and you're just gonna sit there and hope and do that with God. He's like, that's not even a one or two or a three. You're not even gonna get the three victories the king got. You're gonna get diddly squat. But actually when you come and you go, God, I'm gonna give everything because I believe you're gonna do the number seven. I believe that I'm gonna be able to rest in what you do, but I'm gonna work with everything I have towards this goal knowing you're gonna do the rest. That's when we come to the end of ourselves and we can rest in the divine and what he's gonna do for us. I felt it was important to start this, this year this way, this decade this way, because actually so often I feel like New Year's is the easy time to cop out and have like a, I'm gonna eat less chocolate. We can cop out and go, I'm gonna do a little bit less of this. Maybe actually for some of us, this planner isn't gonna be just about the achievements of what we wanna achieve and things like that. Maybe there's also gonna be a planner where it's a case of, you know what, I've got a bad habit in my life that I need to ditch right now, this needs to be gone in my life. And actually you can't just go, this bad habit is gonna be gone. You need to fill it with six things you're gonna replace that time slot in your life with so that you never have an empty pair of hands in the moment where that addiction or that bad habit or that bad structure has taken over your life. Maybe, maybe, there's an enemy that's been crippling our life in an area 
and maybe it's time to write down the six things I'm going to fill my time with. I'm going to learn a language. I'm going to learn an instrument. I'm going to do this activity. I'm going to do that because that's going to keep me whole in the times where things have been so destructive for me. Just a thought. Just a thought. So it doesn't always have to be just like the whole productivity thing. It might be about spiritual health and well-being. It might be like, these are the times when I make bad choices. Let me fill them with learning a language. Let me fill them with something productive. Maybe, let me fill them with something I enjoy. I've got a ukulele I need to learn this year. I wanted to learn the ukulele since I was a kid. Uh, I've got a ukulele. Aria loves it because she goes copying like, I think it's Ben and Holly, there's this troll that goes rinky-dinky-dee, rinky-dinky-doo with a guitar. And so she's always trying to break my ukulele. But hey, I'm going to learn that this year. I'm going to learn that this year. And also another thing about this is sometimes one of the key things you can do to achieve the goal you have is actually to learn something new. So often our brain stops learning and actually the brain is like a muscle and you've got to keep stretching it. And sometimes you'll be learning something completely different and unrelated to your dream, but it gets your brain exercising and it gives you the capacity to achieve in the area you want to achieve in. I'm going to pray for us this year and then that'll be it for today. Father, I thank you, Lord, that this whole story is about vision. And actually, as we come to the year 2020, it's ironic that actually when it comes to sight, we talk about 2020, 2020 vision. I pray, Lord God, for each person here that we would have 2020 vision, that we would see with clarity what it is that you have for us, not only this year, but the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, that we can focus in on it. Father God, I pray you inspire each one of us with what the action needs to be that's going to help us to achieve those dreams, help us to achieve those things, that we would repeat those things again and again. And they wouldn't be six things that we do because they're a kind of good idea. They wouldn't be six things that we do half-hearted they would be six things that we would do like hulk smash and we would just smash those arrows into the ground believing 110 percent that you are going to do the seven we're going to come to the end of our ability we're going to come to the end of our capacity but as we step out giving all that we have god we're going to encounter the divine and you're going to go before us and you're going to achieve a victory in areas in our lives that we never thought possible that some of us who are going to remove things from our lives are going to find freedom we never believed we could ever experience and for others of us lord god that maybe we're going to experience new growth and new direction and achieving the dreams we've always dreamed of having but have never taken steps to do but we're going to repeatedly smash these six arrows maybe weekly maybe monthly maybe throughout the course of the year but we will keep doing it in faith knowing that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly more than everything we ask think or imagine possible in jesus name amen really hope you enjoyed today's message and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill please visit our website cityhill.london